0: Welcome to The Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now, here's your host, Susan Desensi. Welcome back to the show. So last week, as you maybe
1: heard, in part two with Kim Sutton, it was called Giving Permission, Clearing All Clutter, and Being You. We really checked in with how she was doing from part one that had happened on her show a few weeks before. And it was this impromptu coaching session. And so we wanted to check in last week. And Kim talked a lot about how she was really beginning to embrace her productivity on a new level because she was getting out of her own way, right? She got out of that inconsistency that she felt by recognizing. That it was really her own upbringing and some of the experiences and disappointments she had had in the past, how they were being brought into the present and the future and stopping her. And so we talked a lot about how it's important to give yourself permission to, you know, really get out of your own way or to follow through on the things that are important to you. And we also talked about how clearing the emotional and the physical clutter was really important in order to step into more fully who you are and express completely so that you can be you. And one of the interesting things that Kim talked about was she had said on the show that her creativity has always come from a variety of different places, thus why she had developed the idea to write the book called, you know, Dealing with Chronic Idea Disorder, and because she'd have ideas everywhere. But that sex was really something that increased her ability to feel creative, as well as when those ideas would come while she was in the bathroom. And, you know, it's a powerful insight into the fact that creativity can come from anywhere. But what I found is that when we are trying, listen to the word trying, trying to create, What we're actually do is stopping the flow of our creative abilities because trying itself is a state of commitment and non-commitment. And I've said this before, but again, if you just imagine or you have it in front of you now that you've placed a pen in the palm of your hand and you take your other hand and move it toward the pen and just try to pick it up, I didn't ask you to actually pick it up. But to try to pick it up, you'll notice that your hand hovers over the pen in a way that is you're in a state of trying, attempting to pick it up, and a state of actually not picking it up. So there's this kind of middle ground place where the trying is that non-full commitment toward the actual doing this or taking an action of something and so when kim would have all these ideas and she would write them down she was definitely working to organize them all and and have them all in front of her so to speak or on paper written down so that she wouldn't forget it but she never followed through she never completed the projects so it was like she was trying to take the project to completion By just having the idea, but she would never really follow through. And I think that's a really important idea for us to consider as human beings, that when we are trying to have our voice, or we are trying to communicate with someone, or we are trying to find a new job, we are making these attempts at communicating or having our voice or speaking our truth or finding a job and sometimes we can be adding that piece of doubt and fear and lack of confidence that is kind of running the show and maybe operating at a subconscious level. Maybe it's consciously something you're aware of, but maybe it's not. And if that's the case, then that's going to inhibit your ability to actually complete and follow through. And it will continue to feel like a state of tryingness that commitment and non-commitment. And so it's super, super important to give yourself permission to sometimes feel as though you're trying, even if it's a state of commitment and non-commitment, at least it's some movement, and it's important to give yourself permission to follow through. And I think that's the piece where we often as human beings who are working to really express ourselves completely and wholly get into trouble because a lot of things get in the way that stop us you know again our past upbringing things we learned stuff we heard ideas we have about ourselves and the world around us whether or not we listen you know in detail to that critical inner voice that is kind of constantly speaking to us and telling us things that we tend to believe are true. Like, you can't do that. You don't have enough money. Or that's not possible because look at how many people have tried that and not succeeded. Or I really wish that I I could do that. But if I try, look at what's happened before. I don't think this time is going to be any different. And so the important part about this is to really reframe your thoughts, as Kim and I talked about last week, in order to be able to give yourself that permission. And it's like, well, how do I reframe my thoughts? If that's what I believe, if that's what I think, then how can I really begin to reframe that thought? Well, it starts with the language. If you notice that you're saying a lot of negative things to yourself – Ask yourself where that negative commentary that's running in your head is really coming from. Who is that that's really speaking? Is that really you? Or is that something you learned to believe as truth that you learned from someone else a long time ago that you've now adopted as your own truth? And it really doesn't serve you anymore. So things like, well, you have to work really hard to make money. I don't know, do you, do you really have to work hard to make money? Does money making have to be hard? Or building up my business is such a tremendous effort and I'm doing it all by myself. I just don't know if I can do it all. Well, you don't always have to do it all. Even if you don't have the money to hire a virtual assistant or a marketer or somebody that can help you with whatever your needs are, there are always options. There are colleges that have marketing departments where they offer those degrees and those specialties and you could offer one of those students an internship position so that they can learn and grow and you can get some of the help you need. Now, is it going to be as top-notch as someone who may be, you know, a professional marketing or copywriter? No, or a virtual assistant? No. Or someone who is good on the computer or, or in the technological world, maybe not, but at least you won't be feeling like you're doing it all by yourself. Or another one could be, you know, I really don't want to be in this relationship anymore, but I don't know how I would survive on my own. Now, if you learned growing up, because you're from the generation where a lot of parents stayed together not just for the kids, but even long after the kids were grown and out of the house, because that's just what you did back then. That's just how it went. Parents stayed together. When you committed and you said, I love you, and I made a vow to you to marry you, that's it. We're we're together for life. That's fine if that's their choice. But if you've learned to adopt that belief for yourself because you think that if you walk away from a relationship, your parents or other people in your family or friends will be upset with you for leaving a relationship that is no longer serving you and you're no longer happy and you're finding yourself miserable and not feeling like you want to get out of bed anymore and it's a struggle to get through each day because you're just so unhappy. Well, you have to ask yourself, whose belief are you believing? Is it really your belief? Or are you simply afraid of what other people will think or say or how they'll react toward you? Or another way to reframe your thoughts is, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't lost this weight yet. I've been trying so hard to lose the weight. Awesome. Have I really been, instead of the word trying, replace it with the word working or worked, some form of work. So, have I really been working toward losing weight the last couple of weeks? Well, when I'm being really honest with myself, probably not. I probably ate a bunch of cookies that day that I really, really shouldn't have had if the goal was to lose some weight. Or Oh, yeah, I stopped at that fast food place twice because I was in just such a hurry that I didn't have time and I knew I had to eat something. So I grabbed what I thought was the healthiest choice. But, you know, yeah, it was kind of laden with salt and it didn't taste that good. And I just kind of felt like it sat in my stomach. It's okay if you're not always working toward a particular goal. Just like Kim. She wants to add a room to her house. She wants to get that Peloton bike. So she set a long-term goal for herself that as long as she makes her points every week, she will put $75 into the Peloton account specifically and only for that bike as well as other money she might make that she may set aside for that, and she'll get her bike in no time. So at least she's taking steps continually to work toward the goal of getting that Peloton bike. What if instead, though, she said, oh, man, you know, shoot, I didn't make my, my 250 points this week, so screw it. You know what? I'm just going to spend that $75 on something else because fuck it. I, I, you know, I didn't make my goal, and you know, I, I don't know. It just, I, I just can't seem to get out of my own way, and it, just so many distractions with five kids and the husband, and you know, life. Life happens. Lots of stuff going on. Instead, what Kim said was, "Wow, I learned how growing up, there were times that things were very inconsistent in my world, and I grew up." believing that it was okay to be disappointed. Even though it didn't feel okay, I had to learn to believe that it was okay because it kept happening. What could I do as a child? Throw a tantrum every time I got disappointed? I had to learn in order to feel comfortable and not feel the pain of the disappointment and the inconsistency I had to learn to be okay with it. And because I had to learn to be okay with it, it developed as a belief in me that inconsistency was just kind of the way it was sometimes. And so when she grew older and had her children, then she repeated some of the same pattern by promising them, you know, allowance and then not following through because they didn't have the money, but all it really served to do was to make her feel bad. And and she felt guilty. And she felt ashamed that she wasn't following through as a mom and and giving her kids the allowance, but she didn't really have the money. And so what that did is it reinforced the idea in our subconscious mind that inconsistency and disappointment is just a part of life, and it happens. And somehow you just have to get used to it and be okay with it. So really, when you're looking at a way... To reframe your thoughts, you ask yourself if the way you are talking to yourself and you're talking about things in your life to yourself or to others is that really serving you in the best and highest way? Or is it actually just reinforcing some of the negative thought patterns that you have held for so long because of some of the belief systems you learned to believe throughout all the previous experiences you've had up to this point? And one of the other things then that you know was really important about that as we were looking at reframing was understanding how to clear the physical and emotional clutter in our lives. And I would even add to that some of the spiritual clutter and the financial clutter and the, and the psychological clutter that is a part of our day-to-day existence. Now, the physical clutter is pretty obvious, right? If you find that when you look around your home, there is a t- or your office, and there is a ton of clutter, things you don't need, knickknacks that you may not really even enjoy anymore, like there's not a lot of shelf space, or you have piles of paper on your desk, or there's boxes everywhere that have never been gone through, and you know there are things that you need out of those boxes, let's say, or from those papers on that desk, take the time to physically declutter. And clean up because we have seen from science and psychology that when you clear the physical clutter, it shifts something in your physical body and your emotional and mental bodies. When we clear that physical energy away, we're also making room for more expansiveness in our own bodies, in our own mind, in our own heart and soul. Now, the emotional clutter is a little bit more challenging because it's not so seen, right? It's not like it's a pile of papers. The emotional and the psychological clutter can be tied to the emotional clutter can be tied to a lot of the emotions that you find you have over and over again. Like if I often feel sad, or if I'm often feeling insecure, or if I'm often feeling distrustful in situations, well, that's kind of an indication that there's a clutter a collection of memories, of experiences that have created those emotional stories and labels and experiences that are tied together as like a bundle that need to be addressed, right? It's again that internal warning system of your emotional body that says, knock, knock, there's an issue here, pay attention. And again, we look at those by looking at the triggers that cause us to feel that way, or the truth is, we believe they cause us to feel that way. They're really just the outside trigger that is bringing up the stuff that's already inside. Now, what's the difference then between psychological clutter and emotional clutter? Well, when you get into psychological and mental clutter, those are some of the obsessive repetitive patterns of behavior and thought that sometimes are so automatic for you, you don't even notice that they're tied to any kind of an emotional label or story, but they are. And so you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper then to say, why am I continuing to engage in this behavior? So let's take an example if I procrastinate with doing a certain activity in my business? Well, there's something about that activity that I don't like that is extremely uncomfortable, or maybe I just don't feel I know enough about it, or maybe I don't think I have the capabilities or the skills to do it. Well, if I dig a little deeper into that, what I might find is that I'm afraid to do it because if I do it wrong, I might not reach the people I want to reach. If I don't do it, quote unquote, the right way, then I won't either reach the people or they won't get the help they need or somehow they'll think a certain way about me because I came across as someone who didn't know how to do this thing. Or in a relationship, the the psychological and the mental clutter could be, you know what, I'm always the one That does this. I'm always the one that apologizes first. He or she never apologizes first. Why is it always me? Now, when I really dig a little deeper, underneath that might be the emotional clutter, the emotional story that says, hmm, throughout my whole life, I'm always the one that takes care of everybody else. I'm always the one that cares more about how everybody else is doing and feeling than it seems other people care about me. And I feel alone. And I feel sad with that. And I feel maybe angry about that. And maybe I feel like I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy enough to be loved by others. Because if I was, they would just do it on their own like I do for them. And the truth is, it doesn't mean any of that, and yet it becomes clutter in our mental and psychological body as well, because then it's tied underneath to the emotional pieces and stories and experiences we've had, but we've never really looked at it like that as though they were just layers. You know, you've heard the proverbial onion, peel away the layers to get to the center, and that's true. But I'd like to think of it as blankets, right? Like I got wrapped up in this blanket of feeling alone, and then another blanket kind of got wrapped around me that in this instance, it said, I'm the one that's always doing it for everybody else and no one does it for me. And so when I have that experience, it kind of tightens up that that hold, that blanket around me that feels suffocating and I don't like that feeling so I kind of work to push it away instead of actually dealing with what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and then of course we get into and and there's so much more to this that I could go on for months actually not just hours or days but months talking about the emotional and psychological and mental clutter differences that get in the way. It's really too much and too overloading for a simple podcast episode. So just know that there are those ways you can begin to identify the different areas of clutter that are existing in your life that are actually hindering you from stepping into being the authentic you that you are born to be and meant to be and want to be. And so then we look at maybe the spiritual clutter. Well, you know, spiritual clutter is very unique and individual. It isn't about a religion. It's not about a set of beliefs or a doctrine or a dogma. It's not about a set of rules. It's not even about spirituality. When we look at spiritual clutter, what we're really saying, again, it's tied a little bit to some of the emotional clutter, is what beliefs do I hold about the expansiveness of who I am? What beliefs do I carry as truths that really lend itself to getting to the core of my nature as this human being on this planet at this time of our evolution in this body? So like I am in this body as Susan, born in 1964. I will never, ever, ever have another chance to come into this body as Susan, who was born in 1964. I have one shot with that. And even if I believe that I live past lives and I will live future lives and I have this soul that is eternal and infinite and can come back whenever the soul chooses to embody a form such as a human being, even if I believe all that, I still will never be able to come back again as Susan DeSensey, born in 1964. Now that's obviously my married name, but you know, the point is I will never have that chance again. And so while I'm here, it's important to look at the spiritual clutter that might be holding me back from connecting deeply to the core of myself whether or not I call that consciousness or soul or grace or God or Allah or Jesus. Like it doesn't matter what we call it. And then when we look at the financial clutter, that's another kind of obvious one too. Where am I spending my money that isn't serving me anymore? Do I have a bunch of subscriptions to something online that I don't even look at or read anymore? Am I buying a bunch of programs or a bunch of services from people where I really don't get what I was promised, or I'm not following through and even finishing them? Am I spending money on things that I could be spending less on or cancel that because I think I need it, but I'm not using it? Do I have things in my home that are valuable or worth something and I don't really have any kind of sentimental attachment to them that I could get rid of and either sell or give away to someone else who could use it more than I, even if I didn't earn any money off of giving it away? The financial clutter that we get into as people is very, very simple to do because we are shiny kind of object syndrome people marketing and advertising know that people will buy from emotions. And so if you get to the heart of me with some product or good or service, and I really believe that you have the solution to my problem and I need that, I'm going to buy that product program, good or service, right? You're up in the middle of the night, you can't sleep, you pop the TV on and Lo and behold, there's an infomercial on about some crazy awesome mop that is going to change your life and totally help you clean your house in no time at all. And you're like, Oh yeah, I need that because I'm tired of the mop I use where I have to wring everything out by hand. And man, it just takes so long and my back hurts by the time I'm done and I got to dump the water and. Uh, 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 uh. So yeah, yeah, I'll use that mop. And then you spend, I don't know, let's just say 50 bucks for the mop. You get it in the mail, you open it up, you're all excited, you use it once or twice, and you don't find it to be as good as the way you've always mopped your floors. So what happens? It sits in the corner and you never use it again. And that happens over and over and over again for us when we see something that we think we need or maybe even just want, and that somehow it will drastically change our lives when really (laughs) it's probably not going to do much of anything. There are great things out there, don't get me wrong, but the majority are not things we really, really need. So one of the ways that you can help identify your wants versus your needs is imagine that you literally only have a few hundred dollars left to your name and ask yourself, If this was all I had left, do I need this that badly to help make my life easier and my family's life easier and help us to survive if I spend this portion of the last $300 I have? And if the answer is no, then don't succumb to the financial clutter that can happen because someone out there is a really good marketer and advertiser and knows how to kick up your emotions, to make you want to pick up that phone or go online to that website and click order. Now, I used the example of $300 because at one point, my husband and I were down to literally $300 to our name. We had no 401k retirement. We had no credit card availability or usage. We had nothing left in the bank. It was $300. And yet within a couple few years, we put $200,000 back in the bank. Anything can change on a dime. And if you don't clear out the clutter in your life, you will not have any room to add anything else. And there'll be no room for your business, your life, or your relationship to expand in any way. And that was what was so beautiful about Kim's in my conversation last week in the follow-up part two episode was that you know she she offered up how things have expanded for her when she began to address the issue of that consistency and disappointment and realized that she had the power to accomplish anything and stick to it and not give in. And it was all because of the simple analogy and idea of how she felt when she was playing the video game to how she was afraid in her business that it would take her away from her family. And so what she was able to do is see how she needed that feeling, but now she could give herself that feeling and meet those needs another way by being productive in her life and her business and even her relationship. And she had actually had more time and more opportunity had felt calmer while doing it. And and it's really because everything truly builds upon itself, right? If you're doing the correct activities to help really build your business, like Kim talked about, you know, and I revealed that I had like, what, 114,000 emails or 100,000 emails in my Gmail account. Wow, right? You know, talk about me letting stuff go, uh, it started innocently enough. Oh, I'll save this one for later because I might need that one and I'll get back to it and I'll look at it. I never did. It's kind of like clothes in your closet, right? You buy something, you wear it once or twice. Oh, I really like that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to wear that. And you never touch it again because they say that we have, you know, just a, what, 10 pieces, say six, eight, 10 pieces that we tend to wear over and over and over again. Now that's probably not true for everybody. Nothing is true for everybody but maybe for the majority, right? And so kind of the rule was always, if you haven't looked at something, touched something, needed it or wanted it, for six months to a year, get rid of it because you don't need it. That's kind of the way to remove some of the clutter as well. And yet it's about the activities that we do to do that, right? I can keep going through my closet, but if I'm only willing to get rid of a couple of pieces in my closet to make room and I have a hundred pieces in there, but I keep keeping 97 of them every time I do this, I'm still going to have a cluttered closet of a lot of clothes that I don't really wear. And so it's about, you know, looking at those activities that you do do and diving into, are these really the activities that are going to help build my business or change my life and my own self-growth and help me become a higher, different version of myself Or in my relationship, is this really going to help the relationship evolve and grow? So doing those activities that really move you forward is really how you can gain a deep sense of accomplishment and move forward step by step onto that path of success in whatever it may be for you. And so, you know, like Kim said, one of the things that Kim's said that I really loved, was she said, you aren't put here to get shit done. You're here to prioritize purposeful actions. And she got this, if I remember correctly, from a download from God in her head, I think while she was in the bathroom, which just always cracks me up, because she's honest about where her ideas come from, where her creative juices flow, where she listens more closely to those parts of her that are letting her know what is really going to serve her in the best and highest way. She's stepping into a place that's more fully expressed all the time, as we all are, hopefully, right? And hopefully you'll gain tips and tools and strategies and ideas from the show that will really help you learn how to become more fully expressed within yourself so that she can move forward in her life like we all can and step into being that spiritually expressed badass that you're meant to be and that she was meant to be. And so really, it's not about the doing. It's about, you know, like how I see when she said prioritize purposeful actions, how I see that, how I interpreted that. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day to day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandescenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free Stress Toolkit Guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. Let's say that I am thinking about, uh, okay, here's a good one. I'm thinking about recording a podcast episode, just like I'm doing this one right now. But I have no idea What topic I'm going to do now, the purposeful action there is to record a podcast episode, right? And it is to record something that you will find very useful and helpful to you. So what I can do is if I just say, Oh my God, I got to get this episode up. I have no idea what it's going to be about. And I just like slap one together, then I'm not really prioritizing the purpose of it. Okay. So. Kim talked about purposeful with intent, and I'm also talking about the purpose itself. So you have to look, I think it's important to look at both pieces. What is your intent and what is the outcome that you would like to see with that intention? And so then I can list out my purposeful actions that are important in my life, whether it's in my business or it's in my life overall day to day, or it's in my relationship, and I can prioritize them on how they're best going to serve me and the the intent and the purposes and the outcomes that I'm looking for, as well as those I interact with whether it is within my relationships or it is within business and the clients I serve or the people that I come into contact with. And so I think, you know, one of the other, if I, again, if I remember this correctly, let me think for a second. It was... Hold on, I'm going to pull this up here for a second because I don't want to get this wrong because this was something Kim specifically said and I believe that we put this in our show notes in the you know in my show notes for last week. All right, so hold on a second. Let's see. All right, here it is. So it says so this is this is a quote that Kim said that I really love and I think it's important to reiterate here. She said, "Stop worrying about everybody. You know why you're here." Speak it. Nobody might be listening right now, but they might be listening tomorrow. And the importance of that is that if we worry about what others think of us, if we worry about defining ourselves by how others see us, if we worry about, you know, how they're reacting to us, the one thing we're not doing is paying attention to how we define ourselves, how we are reacting to ourselves, how we are seeing ourselves through our own lenses and our own eyes. When she said, you know why you're here, I truly believe that when we're born and when we're children, we know exactly why we're here. It may not be the job definition or the doingness of something, like I'm supposed to be a teacher, or a lawyer, or a doctor, but I think that we know why we're here when we take a look at the impacts we've had on people's lives. Like, I know in my life, and I'll tell you the story about how this came about on another episode, but I know in my life that I'm here to be inspiration as inspiration itself. I have been told my entire life that I'm very inspiring, there's something about me that's so inspiring. Oh, Susan, we're really going to miss you when you leave here because you so inspire the team. Wow, I can't believe you just said that. That's so inspiring. Sue, do you know how inspiring you are? You always uplift me, girl. And I had to take a look at that over the years and realize that my whole life, even as a child, I was inspiring others in certain ways, maybe not in the way I am now as a podcast host or as a therapist or as a writer. I don't know. But I can't not be who I am, which is someone who inspires. And there's many other pieces to this, but that's just a small little snippet. So when she said, you know why you're here, check in with your heart And ask yourself, as you look back over on your life, have you been here to teach others how to be more patient? Have you been someone that others always look to, to give them advice or a sounding board or a listening ear, and you were there to support them? Just because you may be a nurturer and you take care of others doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly why you're here. It could be part of it, but it often can go much deeper. And then the other favorite thing that Kim said about that quote was that nobody might be listening right now, but they might be listening tomorrow. So it's very easy for us to get caught up in the thought process that, Oh, look at, look at my life so far. All this stuff has happened for everybody else, but I've been trying so hard through the years to, to make it work and make it happen. And it's just not happening for me. Well, people might not have been listening the way you thought you needed them to listen, but they maybe were, and they just didn't say anything until later because they might be listening tomorrow still or for the first time, and you have no idea how you might be making an impact or how it might continue to serve them in the best and highest way and yourself, even if you weren't aware of it. So nobody might be listening right now but they might be listening tomorrow. That's even more of a case to continue to be you, however that looks for you, to allow that you to shine bright and unfold in your best and highest way because you never know who's listening. You never know when they're gonna be listening. You never know the impact that you're going to make or have made or will make. And if you change and shift for everybody else, you're going to lose yourself in the process. As usual, it's amazing to be with you week after week. And I honor you and I thank you for continuing to tune in. And I know that I will always sound like a broken record when I tell you that you are more than you know and that you have gifts and talents to share and impact to make. And if you allow your brilliance and the shining diamond that is inside of you to shine, I guarantee you, you can change the world. May not be all by yourself, but hey, we're all in this together. And we're on a planet of seven and a half billion people with a B. And nobody on this planet is alone. You can't be with seven and a half billion people inhabiting a planet. And so I would invite you always that if you're struggling, if you're finding it difficult to reframe your thoughts, to remove the clutter in your life, to give yourself permission, to literally allow yourself to just be who you are, if you're struggling to figure that out and identify that, please reach out to me. Reach out to me at susandacenzi.com forward slash contact dash me. And let's have a conversation complimentary for free. Let's have a conversation so that I can help you get started on that path, so that I can help you see the path that I already see for you. It's not my path, I don't see it for you like it's my idea that's my gift and talent. I see soul. I see your paths. I see the beauty and the brilliance that is you long before you might see it. And so if you're struggling to see it for yourself, I will gladly hold your hand and guide you and walk with you on that path to reflect and mirror and help you to see the brilliance and the beauty that is you that I see. So reach out to me. And please come back week after week. The more people we reach, the more people we impact, the more consciously evolved this world becomes, and the more spiritually resilient badasses are walking the planet, speaking their truth, living their freedom, and being who they really are. For now, stay safe. Be well. Live free and shine bright and I will see you next week ciao for now
0: you've been listening to the spiritually expressed human where conformity is not an option getting out of the box is critical and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace if you're ready to start that process go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started you can also get the link in the show notes Thank you for being here, and if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.